Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can ignore you. Put it up for the Wigan Warriors. Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars Podcast, and you're in for a treat as we're not going to have but one, but two individuals on the show this week and it's a week when it seems like the sky is falling the world has lost its way on its axis and i don't know which ends up we got video game moves on a circle track we got five-time champions being one and anything in between and oh yeah by the way of course we had to have a little bit of a another Hook them retaliation so I can get a checkered flag over in the world of NASCAR. But that being said, let's get started. What's up, West Coast Cam? What, Don? What's going on with you? I just, you know, here you decided to, you know, start actually, you know, doing something with the podcast. So I figured I'd I'd freaking join you for once. Well, I am so glad that you bothered to drag your skinny ass in off of the beach of, out there in California of getting your tan. Uh, what What is it they do in South Beach? They are uh, up there in New Jersey. What do they do? They they beach, tan, laundry or something. How's it Gym go? Jim tan laundry, bro. Get it right. Jim uh, tan laundry. Yeah. But that's some East Coast-ish. We don't do that around here. We they just don't do that out there. Cheetos on the beach. Cheetos on the beach. Oh, there you go. But I so can't eat this, Cheetos, so you, you can't eat Cheetos. No. Well, there you go. Once again, hey, it's great to have you back, man. Glad to see that you know that you can figure out how to log into Zoom. And damn, oh. I don't see, I don't even see a lot of dust on the microphone. I mean, so, what well, in the world? I did I did hit it with a microfiber before we started, not gonna lie. So uh, I mean, there is that, but yeah, it's good. It's good to be back for 0.5 seconds. No, well, you know, we'll make sure that we do everything we possibly can to give you your 30 seconds of fame. So uh, appreciate that, well, Clark. <laughs> absolutely. Jump up on there, dude. What's been going on in your life? Dude, all of it. My life is uh, a lot of you see on social media is uh, what we would like to call. Oh, I don't know. Full throttle at all times with the life of a wannabe professional race car driver, the husband of a wannabe race car driver and the father of a wannabe supercross star and the father of a crazy little human, AKA known as my daughter. Um, So between that and, you know, I don't know, like 17 full-time jobs to try to pay for all this shit. um, Yeah. um, That's just all I've been doing work race dad is uh kind of <laughs> kind of my uh that whole eat sleep race thing it's now work race dad is my uh three words that describe my life and uh yeah it's good i'm enjoying it it's it's uh there's no i've i've lost track of the last time i slept more than 2 hours at a time um between either a red eye flight or something going on or my daughter not sleeping at night. So yeah. And then waking up and say, I might as well just go do some work. So yeah. But other than that, just, you know, you, you guys can all check it out and, you know, see my, my life documented live in living color on our YouTube channel that has been launched. And because apparently a lot of people have wanted to see what's going on. So uh, we started a foray family motorsports blog or vlog, excuse me, um so yeah that's been taking up quite a bit of our time too um luckily i have an editor for it so i don't have to deal with that because i yeah i don't even have time to do a podcast that i partially own let alone edit some vlog that i don't know how to edit for so yeah other than that things are uh things are great but yeah check out check out the youtube whenever y'all are free don't forget to comment like subscribe or something like that uh, something like that. And absolutely. Well, you know, as soon as they get done downloading the podcast, they can totally go over to the Ferrer blog, blog, you know, and so it's, it's not TRD, it's WRD, huh? Yes. Work race dad. That's right. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you are coming off a pretty, uh, 
significant weekend out there in Vegas, Halloween weekend. I saw that you were out on FanFest. I noticed that you decided that there was no need for you to show up on Thursday for time runs and super comp. And then I saw yeah. that you were uh, over in the nitro car a little bit. And then yeah. uh, I, I, I saw that you leaked it, that uh, Angie is uh, out there in Vegas getting licensed in a nostalgia funny car. How is How are your emotions right now, Cam? Do tell, do tell. Um, let's just say they're at an all-time high because uh, I'm sitting at my house right now and she's in Vegas driving a nitro funny car, um, which totally sucks that I'm not that I'm hanging out with all y'all, but um, yeah, it sucks. that I'm not at the racetrack, but somebody has to pay for all this ish somehow. And so I flew home for literally less than 24 hours to um, teach my class at Cheetos college um, today and tomorrow morning. And then um, I'm going to fly, fly back to Vegas for SEMA and the divisional for Angie. But yeah, she's uh, driving her dad's car. Her dad actually raced that Legends of Nitro deal that they're trying to bring on for next year. It's like the, all the nostalgia Nitro funny cars are trying to bring it to the big show a little bit is the rumor. <clears throat> and they did kind of like an exhibition thing to kind of see how it went and whatever. And it seemed to go really, really well. Everybody really liked it. And they didn't oil the tracks or anything like that. And I mean, it was just like an overall, like great experience. Um, so it sounds like things are looking up for that. So there was talk about, you know, maybe Angie potentially doing some of that. So they wanted to let her get her feet wet in her dad's car to see if it's something that, that she likes. And uh, obviously she does. I mean, who the hell wouldn't, um, but by the looks of the FaceTime videos in the middle of my lecture today, um she's doing a really good job out there i'm really proud of her and yeah well we'll see what happens she didn't uh she only made two two passes today um but uh i mean she got her moderate run out of the way but she still needs two fulls um they just ran out of time because the crew and everything had to go to the airport so i think they're only going to do the two runs today but uh yeah it's it's pretty exciting that uh now we have two nitro drivers uh within uh under this uh here roof that uh, we own, <laughs> but also kind of scary because we can't even afford one nitro driver under this roof. So now we will have two, but yeah. Well, I mean, that. that's, well, I mean, that's what they say, right? You get one kid, you might as well get two, you get one car, you might as well get two, you get two race cars, you, you know, might as well get three. I mean, I mean, the shoot, list stop? Sh shoot the moon. I, she called me and she's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked at, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, okay, well, Anybody want to buy a house in Huntington Beach, California? It's uh, apparently up for sale. We are going to live in our motorhome. <laughs> hey, it would be a great story. We could oh, totally sure sell it, it for yeah. reality TV. Two nitro drivers living in a motorhome so that they can afford to race nitro. Are you kidding me? That screams two things complete and utter stupidity and <laughs> complete and utter dedication don't put it past which, us it's been discussed ang which angle are we selling to netflix it's all i yeah. want to know dude i'm telling you like it would be it would pretty be a pretty damn good story and then throw in uh you know we'd have to stop at every motocross track between here and and the tour so we could let jet do his thing too so we haven't we haven't forgot about that he just hasn't ridden uh, i mean he's been riding but not not at the track lately because I've been on the road a lot and and whatnot in the last few weeks. But after Pomona, we got two more races and then it's hardcore mini nights during the week and Jet racing on the weekends. So yeah, it's coming. He's excited to get back out there and yeah, he's also pretty stoked to see mommy and daddy and he's pretty into the drag racing thing lately because that's kind of all he's been living. So yeah. But lots well, going on, lots going on, lots of wheels in motion. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's you know life life is really good. I'm really grateful, and it's very stressful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it it all looks hunky dory on on the vlog and social media and stuff. But it is very very stressful trying to figure out how to do all this stuff because yeah, man, like I you know we all know I'm not, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse but we all know i i don't come from <clears throat> a big family backing of money that everybody just thinks that i'm just out i don't know chasing unicorns during the week but 
I am actually, I do have two full-time jobs and somehow figure out how to do all this stuff and and pay for it and try and find sponsorship in the meantime and and all that. And like, and it's, dude, it's crazy. It's, it's complete. And and have a private jet. I mean, you know, just, yeah, Yeah, you know, well, the fuel for the private jet is kind of tough, you know, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) well, look, I don't know, but I think somebody else has kind of already laid the groundwork for you on what, what the whole like maybe structure of the foray household should be. I mean, it, it, we saw it play out this weekend in Vegas and, and perhaps that's, uh, you know, maybe that's a, just a, a page out of the playbook that you need to swing. You need to, you need to let Angie be the nitro driver, like Tony's letting Leah and Tony go over and be the a fuel driver. And that's I mean, fine. That's, I'll do that. That's fine. I, I mean, I think, you know, I think you've already seen the, that, I mean, that looked like it worked out pretty well. I mean, well, until the finals came around, I mean, you know, but yeah, still. That was gnarly. like good for him, man. That was, that was pretty rad for his debut. He did a good job, but yeah, it was gnarly that he lost by freaking what two ten thousands or something. Uh, right. And yeah. shout out, shout out to the, to Maddie Payne having the best yeah. interview line uh, during her winter circle. That was pretty cool. What'd she say? I didn't hear it. Oh man. She was there. Joe was trying to get her and there he was like, so how, you know, how was the pressure? She's like, there's no pressure on me. Everybody was putting the pressure on Tony. That was the line. <laughs> it was yeah. like, she rattled it off quick. And then she followed up with the fact that now she has her own Wally in the house. So it belongs to her since there's so many with everybody else's names on them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, that's pretty cool. So, so yeah, so I, just busy, busy, man. Should, I think you should. I think you should go over, talk to Leah and Tony, figure out how to do that. Let Angie do the nitro thing. You do the a fuel thing. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah Whatever. Well, I'm not. What I'm just saying. I'm I mean, just gonna they, they, turn they, into. Well, they, I, I I can't turn it into a bracket racer because we all know I freaking suck at that. Apparently, after the first time in four years, you're, you'll probably well, be bringing up that up here in about point no, five seconds. No, sure. no, 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 not at all, not at all. Because you know, hey, it's we 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 got a structure around here. We can't you know we can't just go and uh, go and go and go. But nonetheless, with that being said, <laughs> you've been gone for a while. Is there been anything that you've been keeping up with in the world of motorsports that you're like, man, we were having a podcast this week. This is what I would talk about. Because I know when I came back, brought the show back, it was a huge struggle because there were so many things that happened while we weren't recording and we were both swinging the bat at the wall called life. And it's just gotten to the point where it's like, man, we missed this. We missed that. What, what were you... Uh, what was scrolling through your mind at any point in the past few months while we've been on the sidelines swinging oh, life? Dude, the past few months, I don't think we have enough episode film for that. But, uh, I mean, I guess the the easiest part would be, I mean, what happened in, in the NASCAR. I mean, it's weird that I'm going to bring up something from NASCAR, but um, what's-his-face went for the arcade move on the outside yesterday and, like, got into the chase or whatever, and that was pretty cool. Uh, um, Ross Chastain broke broke social media yesterday afternoon. That's for sure. Yeah, slingshot engaged, and uh, it it obviously worked and good for him. I think it's rad. I mean, you were saying that a bunch of people were bitching and complaining oh, about it, but no, oh, for sure. They, I mean, that's the one thing. It it doesn't. It does not matter what happens. Everybody's like wants to jump on a side and get the you know get the hot take get the sound button if you will and at the same point it's like man just enjoy the moment enjoy what we just saw take place you know it's never been done and it didn't take 90 seconds and somebody sticks a microphone in front of kyle larson's face and joey logano and they're like oh we need to we need to do something about this you know we can't we can't of course because it happened to them but if if they didn't if they would have thought of it they wouldn't think like that that's, that's just exactly race car right. driver mentality. That's right. Ross Chastain had dump truck balls that he pulled into Martinsville with when he got told he needed to pick up two lap, two spots. And man, he sent it. And I am telling you right now, there are so many camera angles from fans in the stands 
showing it that it's awesome, but nothing beats the end car. When you hear the engine kind of go up a little bit and bam, into the wall he goes and he is killing it. So uh, for sure, it's one of those things that, uh, that just make, just make you lose your mind and go, holy cow, what did I just see? So, but absolutely with, with that, that took place. And then of course you were out there in Vegas, NHRA, people trying to lock up championships left and right. And the only one that really got locked up was drive for five with EE and she did it. She locked it up. There was uh, no gamesmanship this year, nothing at all. She just drove right over top of everyone in the NHRA pro stock ranks. Yeah, absolutely. She, she crushed it this weekend. I, uh, I, that was like literally like the one pair that I saw go down the track and that was her winning her championship, which was pretty cool. I happened to run up to the fence and uh, they were running pro stock. So that was awesome. I'm stoked for them. I've been friends with Erica and Courtney for a very long time and, they definitely deserves that she can she can wheel the hell out of a race car and I'm um, I'm stoked for her that uh, you know she's been able to be such a successful racer for so long in the world of of more motorsports and um, yeah she took the pro stock thing by the horns and literally like just shows everybody that she can wheel a car whether it be uh, man woman or whatever but yeah she's an animal stoked for her. Well, I know. If you just sit back and again, you know, obviously we were both drivers. We both racing in HRA or drag racing guys. But if, if you're just a fan of the world of motorsports and you sit back and start thinking about females having multiple championships and it's still, even though today, you know, we're as modern as we progressive as we possibly can be in the world, good, bad or indifferent. And when it comes down to it, she's a badass. And female-wise, in any form of racing, I've been looking and struggling to find another form of motorsports where a female has won that many championships. And I don't think it, I don't think there is one. And I'm sure if there is that I've missed during my research, uh loans will send something to me or somebody will text or send a message. And let us know, but that's just amazing to sit back and think, you know, looking at the back of their t-shirts that they put on after she won, you know, she, she is dominated and gets zero credit for the struggles that she went through initially in the, in the world of NHRA, uh, pro stock. And so, uh, I mean, we're talking Cunningham days, slammers, you know, oh, yeah, and, slammers. I remember that. Right. And so uh, that's uh, she has got a storybook history. She is nowhere near being done uh, holding lollies and hoisting world championship trophies. That team over there, the whole entire elite camp there. There's no stop over there anytime soon. So uh, I do not even remotely think that it will be the last time that we're talking about Erica Enders being an nhra pro stock champ no i don't i don't think so either but you never know maybe she, she wants to retire and move on to something else i don't i mean you never know we'll just have to see what happens i think maybe she might consider that if she solidifies every record that could possibly be owned for the class of nhra pro stock if she yeah. if she if she owns it and puts it so far out of reach uh, for other females to obtain or strive for or chase. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe she decides that she's just, you know, ready to, she's run out of fingers for world championship rings. Maybe that's, <laughs> may, maybe that's when she decides to, to walk off, you know? So, but that being said, you are at Vegas, you're over there in the pits. What kind of atmosphere was it around the whole Tony Stewart deal? There was a lot of PR on there was he did he he had a lot of he had a lot of media following him. He had like people with freaking wagons and 
all kinds of crap with cameras and this and that. And at least from what I saw, um, but I mean, by all rights, I mean, it's freaking Tony Stewart. So, I mean, good for him, man. I mean, it, it was cool to see, like, I mean, I, he walked by me and said, Hey, what's up, man? Like, I, I mean, I don't like have a conversation with him because everybody and their brother was trying to. And, but I mean, it, you can just tell like he was psyched to be there and like seemed stoked and like seemed stoked on, on drag racing as a whole, which was awesome. Um, it was funny, uh, Angie, we were standing on the starting line and he was like, we were on the left lane side and he was on the right lane side watching Leah. And, uh, there's just like 9 million people around the guy, like 24 seven. Like, it's literally like, you're like Tom Cruise, you know, like the guy, and he's like, could you imagine like, they just guy just has like 9,000 people following him at all times. Like it's gotta get old. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's a shame. Like, I hope everybody just doesn't follow him around like that, thinking that they're going to get something from him. You know what I mean? Like he's just a normal dude. That's what we were talking. Like he's just, a, seems like a nice guy. Like anything I've ever dealt with him, he's just a cool guy. Like, but there's just always like people around him. It's just like, he probably just Tony Stewart, dude. Well, I know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I know he is a celebrity. He is, uh, he's smoke. Like I, I get it, but it's just like, he's also puts his pants on just like everybody else and to tell you how it is. And probably wouldn't mind drinking a Coors Light with you, you know, like, like but I, they, you know, and we talk about it on the show about how people, how racers and teams and stuff, everybody goes through certain evolutions and sponsors and where the strategy goes and things of that nature. And you got to think of, you know, if you take into consideration, this guy owns racetracks, he owns race teams, and we're not talking about just minimal race teams. I mean, he's huge, right? He has like done everything full force, full of passion, full of gusto. And now he's doing this because he, you know, who knows if he would have ever, ever thought about it if it hadn't been for, you know, for his wife, Leah. And so looking at that aspect, one, I think it's freaking cool because here's a guy taking an interest in what it is that his wife's interested in and, and they're doing it together. He doesn't have to. You know, I mean, I mean, legitimately look around. Tony Stewart owes the world of motorsports and society zero, oh, nothing. Yeah. So him doing something out of the love or passion or just the want to, hello, let him do it. I mean, I think it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's good. You know, it's social media. It's digital world. Everybody's got to have their camera and so forth to to record and get their get their content clip and i get that i really do but at the end of the day to see how big a smile was when they're interviewing him hear him go you know he's never had this much fun with anything that had fenders i mean that's i mean he's got the one-liners that should have sent and honestly probably honestly the media world today on monday if nothing extravagant had happened in NASCAR on Sunday, the world of motorsports today would be talking about Tony Stewart and his one-liners and his entire weekend in Vegas. I mean, qualifying all the way to the finals, one-liners in his interviews. And I mean, that's what it would have been. But Ross Chastain, he wiped that out. He made a top 10 list on SportsCenter, and here we are. We're recording, and I, I'm still excited. Don't get me wrong. Ross's deal was awesome, but as somebody sitting at home watching Tony Stewart do what he did this past weekend, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was awesome for the world of motorsports. Yes, I know a lot of people in the, in the alcohol ranks were like, you know, why did, you know, how about we get the same sort of energy and effort from the NHRA media department and other media organizations and so forth. And I get that too. All right. Yes. We'd all like to have that. Right. Um, so, but at the same time, it's good for the sports, bringing eyes, 
mobile one coming over and back into the sport of drag racing. I mean, again, I, it just, I thought no, it's it was cool. cool. There's, there's nothing, nothing bad about it for sure. And you know, he's a, he's a cool dude. Like, yeah, I mean, it's all positives. I'm sure he'll end up in a top fuel car sooner rather than later, which, which will be, which will be really cool. And you know what? I, like the part that I think about what's cool is like, I guess we haven't really, we could talk about the Travis Pastrana thing too, but this is maybe like a transition into that. But Tony, he's he's methodical and how he's doing things in the way of of appreciating what it takes to go drag racing because i feel like a lot of people that get into drag racing they have the financial means to do it and they just say oh well hell i'm just gonna go drive a top fuel car or, oh i'm gonna go freaking whatever and just go balls to the wall but they don't learn to drive first. And I feel like Tony is learning to drive for uh, sure. Yes. He's made a couple passes in top fuel car. And I think he probably did that was like, Oh shit, this is, this is a little more than I thought it was going to be. It's not just drive it down the track type of a thing. So he's in an, a fuel car now learning and, and methodically processing how to go drag racing. And I think that's really cool. You know, he went to Frank Holly school, drove that alcohol car. He did it, got a super complex. He's like, he did all the right things that I feel like people should do in order to even get in a fuel car. Like I, I think it's, I think he, it's great. And the reason why I brought up the Pastrana thing is because Travis Pastrana, like the guy's a psycho, like he'll do anything, anytime, any place, anywhere. And he obviously has the balls to stand on a top fuel car, but look at how he reacted when he did. Right. <laughs> he, he was like, Holy shit. Like, this is gnarly. Like he blew up the reverser twice. He pedaled it. Like he did a lot of things that he made a lot of mistakes. And I thought the video that Pastrana did about talk, he's like talked about it for 20 minutes on his Facebook order. was awesome because it was showing the world like, Oh dude, like this is way more gnarly than people think it is. And which makes it exciting. Right. And yeah, it's, I think he's, he's doing, he's doing the, the right way. And I think it's great that a guy of his caliber, obviously we all know Tony Stewart can wheel the hell out of anything, right? He, and he's doing it the right way because he wants to learn the right way. And I think that's great. And it shows other people that that's what they probably and need to do. So. Yeah. Wow. And you're, and you're not wrong about that. You know, he totally went through the process with Frank and I actually got to see him wheel a top fuel car there at Charlotte um, on, on Monday after, uh, not too long ago, if you will. And, uh, man, he went both, both times right down the racetrack. Um, yeah, no, and I'm not saying he can't do it by any means, but like, he just, <laughs> I think he wants to get more experience and he, and he oh. wants to be able to, to be under control, you know, like I, I'll be the first one to admit when I first started driving top fuel car, like, I mean, you get out of the car and you don't even, they're like, Oh, well, what did you feel about And You're like, I don't freaking know. My brain's still at the starting line. Like, uh, is like, just, just you put it in the tow vehicle and bring uh, yeah, exactly like could you go pick it up from the starting line because it's still there like so you know but the more the more experience you get it, it slows everything down and the more you can learn and i personally think that when you get into drag racing in order to get into a top fuel car or a funny car you need to drive in the alcohol classes first uh, as a minimum you need to have at least a, a year of a fuel or whatever experience and people may argue with me oh that's bs blah 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 you know but no like you need to learn how to go drag racing before you go jump into something that goes 300 and almost 40 miles an hour now but that's well no it's not because every racing organism you can't just show you can't write a check and just show up and drive nascar except in drag racing you know so it's a you know it's a thing i totally agree with you well dude hey this has been fun to have you back on the show uh i know Cameo yeah, it's been all right Pants. looking at looking at your ugly ass mug nobody hey, gets dude, to see turned, that part but i hey i turned 50 and not too distant future and i'm not real sure that this may be the best this mug looks and in, in the net for the net for the upcoming future just saying but oh, uh hey again thanks for coming back 
filling us in. I think it's awesome what you're doing. It with ain't the gonna wife be. The, the it ain't gonna be the only time, okay, Don. So don't make it seem okay. like this is my hey. swung song, bro. All right, as long as you got Jim Tan and laundry done there, or work race dad, or whatever it is those beach people do, uh, we'll be look. We well, you're I always tell you the like, last time I've been to the damn beach, to be honest with you. Like, you all you do is turn around, I can see the sun shining through your window. Just turn around. Oh, there's the water, right? Okay, thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah, okay, this week's guest, Cameron Frey. <laughs> Man, have safe trip. Good luck to you, uh, Angie, this weekend in Vegas. Enjoy the SEMA show. And, uh, man, as always, all you are is a text message away. We'd love to have That's you right. back. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll we'll see y'all soon at some point, maybe, if it's at a motocross track, drag strip, or on the 405 or 605 freeways, um, you can wave at me because – the next time I do a recording will probably be on the freeway on my phone. So um, just put that into perspective. Just think about it. And there's all the open-ended uh, commitments and non-commitments. <laughs> I'm out. This week, this <laughs> week's guest, Cameron Foray, making an appearance. We'll be right back. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars is brought to you by the great folks at Equalizer Hitches. Do yourself a favor, stop by equalizerhitch.com. Check out Sway Control if you're out there traveling around the country, whether you got a dirt track, motorcycle, drag race, boat, RV, travel trailer, I don't care what you got. If you've got something hooked behind it, you need a Sway Control hitch product, safety tools, leveling. The, the website is a plethora of information. So stop by, see equalizerhitch.com you can always check out use the code drag race and check out save yourself some money go to social media like them follow them comment send them a private message tell them that you heard about them on the racers and rental cars podcast again equalizerhitch.com gonna welcome into the show this week on racers and rental cars podcast someone who uh i guess you could say uh still teammates and also at the same time somebody that i look at that that's got the the peer-to-peer process going on as well as an actual peer within the motorsports marketing world of sponsorships and ideology and creativity and and i know for one that i enjoy having my inbox fill up with with emails and ideas and and outlooks and that is the uh i guess i can say one and only uh, but maybe soon to be not one and only, uh, she's going to come back, I think, and hold on to a steering wheel in the next season, but that is Megan Meyer. Megan Meyer, welcome to the show today. Hey, Don. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back. Well, it's funny that you say glad to be back. Does that, so we, can we break the news and say that 2023 is going to have a, a, a Meyer actually back in the seat no offense rachel we know you're being a mom uh but uh, does is that like breaking news or is it like i gotta wait for it to come out through the grapevine yeah so nothing solid yet but to give you a little uh, taste of what's to come there will be at least one mire back in the seat next year um possibly two you never know. Um, we're still working on sponsorship. So it all comes down to funding. And if we can run, um, you know, dream scenario would be, I would love to get back into my dragster that we won three championships with. And then uh, Rachel would love to drive the new funny car. And we would love to compete at all the nitro chaos and funny car chaos races and have fun with that. So that's the goal for next year. We are just still working on that pretty heavy behind the scenes. And, um, and then of course we will still be doing an HRA in the um, top alcohol dragster with Julie and Travis and Hunter and um, all the other rental drivers that we have coming on the team for next year. Well, that's funny that you use rental drivers on racers and rental cars podcast. So I totally know how that feels to uh, have that title. Uh, so that's interesting. So you guys have had a very large stable of different individuals 
that have come through Randy Meyer Racing, right? So outside of you and and obviously Rachel um, being Myers, right? So it's I'm sure that conversation at the dinner table is doesn't go very well for Randy having two girls. He probably gets voted down quite often because I'm sure mom takes takes her daughter's side. So how is it for you? Because I mean, you are right. We we can all say whatever we want. We can give Randy Meyer all the credit for turning the wrenches and and so forth, the tuning expertise. But it is truly you that is the tip of the spear when it comes to the business side, right? It's outside the fire suit, outside the pit area, outside the motorhome, the the trailer of the the lounge, going over data. You are the tip of the spear when it comes to business. And that also includes your stable of drivers, because I know I know firsthand that you work with them and their companies to try to make sure that those values and returns come in. How is that a challenge for you to juggle and keep all of them like hungry, right? Hungry and the sponsors happy. How does that go for you? Yeah, so it it is actually quite a bit of work. And so um so basically what I do is I try and get team sponsors. And most of our team sponsors are product based. Um so like NGK Spark Plugs, Lucas Oil, Gonk does all of our cleaning supplies, Airmotive and Waterman fuel pumps and so on. And so we'll try and find all the products that we need to run the cars and then we supply the car the truck and trailer to get there and then the crew guys. And all we need is someone to come and rent out the car and drive. And they are in charge of finding their own funding to be able to afford that. So whether it comes out of their pocket or if it comes from a sponsor, they're in charge of it. My only ask is that it does not compete with one of our team sponsors. So we have Lucas Oil. They can't bring Redline Oil on to, you know, even though maybe they're really good friends with them and they've supported them in the past with other cars. Sorry, but um, it's just got to be something under the table. They could still give you the funding, but I'm not going to promote them in any way on our car or on social media, anything at all. So, and then also ask them not to promote it on their social media while they're under contract with us as well. So we do have contracts with each of our drivers. And so that's just one of the clauses in there. And then, um, so yes, they are in charge of finding their own funding. And so I will provide marketing deck for them. I'll provide social stats, anything that they need to go out and find that money, I'll help them out and do it. Um, I'm not going to be the point of contact. I'm not going to be going into meetings with them. That's up to them if they can secure the deal, but I'll give them all the materials that they need to get to that point. So some of the drivers are very eager and they're fun to work with and they get it. And then there's some drivers that are on the complete opposite side of the spectrum that have never tried to get sponsorships before and you can tell and so it's kind of having to babysit and walk them through the whole process of doing that so um i've dealt with all different ranges and um you know obviously the ones that get it are the easy and the fun ones to work with well that's uh you know the passion side of that right because i think we all sit back, right? And we all we all say it. We've said it hundreds and millions of times, actually, on the podcast. Everybody thinks racing is fun, right? And it's and you try to explain to people that the fun is the byproduct, right? And that you know it's for some people, absolutely, one hundred percent. They pull out of the driveway, travel hundreds, sometimes thousands of miles, roll through the gate, and it's their golf game. It's their beach house. It's their boat. It's just, you know, what they're thinking about to, uh, to, to work. Right. And for those of us that don't, we pull out of the driveway with the mindset that we're going to rip somebody's freaking head off when we roll through the gate. And that's cool. We can be friends at the end of the racetrack, but for right now, I'm here to do a job. And a lot of people don't, don't take that type of approach to it. Would you venture to say that more than not the ones that have never gotten sponsors and so forth, or never thought about their image, never uh, thought about 
how they look or approach perception social media wise, would you say those are the ones that really are not the, the competitive type? Yeah, I would definitely. Um, yeah, you can tell because they just don't have that drive that's in them. And, um, you know, I'm not saying, you know, if you come across good fortune, it doesn't mean you're not going to be a, a good racer if you don't have to do that. But it's just another step of the process that shows how dedicated and passionate you are. Um 99% of us can't afford to go racing on our own. We need that sponsorship funding to help out. And so um, when you do get it, it's it feels really good to be able to represent a company and a brand and be their brand ambassador. And so the ones that do get it, they act more professional at the track. They are very interactive with fans um, you know, they will help me with any type of social media stuff that I ask for since I am no longer going to the races. So I'll have um, a photographer or videographer there like Sadie. She'll get a lot of content for me and send it to me. Or I'll have to ask the drivers be like, hey, here's a list of some shots that I need. Can you get them for me? The ones that care will get them. The ones that don't, they might get one or two or nothing at all. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, it's the old, uh, the old cliche, right? So it's, it's great to get a sponsor. The hard part of that is keeping a sponsor and yeah. fulfilling and fulfilling. And a lot of times we all have different, um, attributes, if you will, characteristics or traits that we bring to the table for those companies. And I've always challenged people, you know, I also I guess if you want to say red flag about a lot of people is that there's nothing that I probably gets in my crawl and makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Then when you catch, not catch, but when other racers, drivers, team managers uh, go after current sponsors that are already with drivers or with organizations, right. And they, they undercut, the value because they deep down inside, really, they don't need the money, right? They don't, they don't need the money, but they want to be associated with companies or they want to be able to mention companies, right? That those companies have, um, let's say quote unquote invested in them, right? Give them some credibility. You know, I always talk about your own brand identity, your own brand credibility, your value that you as an individual have on and off the racetrack. And that's got to be something that, that makes its way out to Kansas, even though you're way out there in the middle of the country. Uh, that, I mean, you've got, you've had to have situations with not only your stable of drivers, but probably professionally yourself that that's got to be a that's got to be a crawl for you right that's got to be something that you kind of get a little you know wrinkled forehead and start getting a little blood pressure pumping yeah so i actually have a blog post that i wrote about the number one thing to avoid when getting sponsors and that is trying to go and get someone else's sponsor and so um in that article i say hey that company is married leave them alone. Don't try and break them up. And you know, you're not really adding value to your, to the sport when you're trying to take away from someone else. So it's basically, you're just transferring money. So instead of it going from their team, it's going to you, which is great on your end. But if you're thinking about it from the company's perspective, why would they want to switch unless there's something that you can just provide above and beyond that, that other team can't. Um, so it's not really advancing the sport or the series or your class. You're basically just transferring it. So you should try and go for new companies, whether they are endemic or outside of the sports. Um, but yeah, it's just, it looks bad at the end of the day when you are quote unquote stealing someone's sponsor. <laughs> Well, it's like we, it's, you know, we go back to the, to the idea, right? You get the concept when you, if you're, if you're really open-minded and you can 
sit down and take actual evaluation, right? Self-evaluation of yourself and your program and what it is that you're genuinely passionate about, what applies to you, right? And then you say, okay, obviously these companies fit that, but they already are in the sport and they belong to so-and-so. And it could be in NASCAR. It could be in truck. It could be in USAC. It could be world of outlaws. It could be AMA. It could be supercross, right? These companies can already be in motorsports somewhere else. So you already know, right? I, I like call it low hanging fruit. It's like, you already know they have an interest, but you're undervaluing what that team or rider or driver already has. You're saying that what you're you're saying that they've overvalued what it is that they sold to that company. And now yeah. you're you're driving the sport value down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and that makes that legitimately makes no sense to me of how you're trying to help grow the sport that you're part of as well as the company that you're trying to either attract, acquire, or bring in to our sport. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I love what you said at the beginning that you need to go through and see what your values are and your assets. So that is something that I teach my students from the very beginning. So I do a coaching program about racing sponsorships and um, we are wrapping it up right now. But the very beginning, I tell them, making a list of all the assets that you can offer. And then also let's go and look at your audience and see what brands is your audience using. So you can do this as simply as going to your social media, looking at who engages with your post and then go to their profiles and see if it's public, you'll be able to see what they're posting about. And a lot of times people are posting about, um, you know, if they have a project car, what type of products and brands and parts they're using for that, or maybe it's lawn care, or maybe it's, um, you know, it, it could be anything out there. See what they are posting about and then use that to go after those companies because you've already got that audience. That's the hard part. The hardest part is getting those customers. And so now you are just the vehicle that can bring that brand to the customers. And so that's the easiest way to go about to get sponsors. And so you do have to do a lot of research and a lot of work, but it's so much quicker than trying to make a very generic sponsorship deck and sending it out to every single person on your email list or going to a trade show and handing them your business card or even handing them your deck and hoping that you'll get a call back. So uh, yeah, so the easiest way, just look at your assets and look at your audience and see what they like and see if you can connect with one of those companies. Yeah, I totally agree with that for that approach. I mean, that's, uh, you know, we've, um, Cam and I have talked about it numerous times being on both sides, right? You know, Cam, when he was working for Race Pack, but being a driver, still chasing the dream, myself. You know, I remember my first PRI, like back in 2004 in Orlando that I went to, right? And it was uh, coming up on the brink of the fact that we were going to have a small deal with the army, with the recruiting command. And I, you know, and so it was my first kind of exposed factor to a motorsports trade show. And because I never had to, I never worried about it before. I was just some kid that drove a car because I had a bunch of friends that thought it was cool. And now it's like, okay, now it's business. And I remember one of the executives pulling me off one night at a social and said, okay, look, let me clue you in. Don't bring decks to the show. Don't try to have meetings in the booth. Don't, you know, it was like, it was like a laundry list of don'ts. Mm. Don't do this. Don't do this. Right. And then he gave me like three do's and he's like, 
so because the do list is so much smaller than the don't, it should be very easy for you to accomplish the do's because you're not focused on the don'ts. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it turned over and then it became a deal where I realized, you know, you're just doing the do's and you see so many people doing the don'ts. And I remember the first time Cam's like, I think we need to do a podcast and talk about motorsports and marketing. And he's like, we should be able to educate people and, you know, experience wise. And, you know, I mean, I think we've helped, but, you know, that's self-fulfilling, right? You know, oh, I think we help. Um, But it's frustrating, right? And it's across the board. And you look at racing organizations and, I mean, there's a lot of people, right? I'm an NHRA guy. I'm a drag racer, right? But I look at other organizations and I do a lot of research in what other companies are doing, where they're spending money, how they're leveraging their strategies, their KPIs, what their earnings calls, what those guys are talking about to their shareholders and so forth. And I, for one, we're in flashback, really old times. I was so happy, right? And uh, to say that Coca-Cola was leaving. I was so happy, so, so happy because they had such an exclusive right on the sport that you could not bring anybody else in that had even a remote closeness of crossover beverage to Coca-Cola. And it was horrific, right? And so now it's kind of like, okay, we, you know, we're starting to go back because NASCAR was always like, open door. We'll take your money from everybody. Come on in. Let's have a party. And so now it seems like NHRA is starting to get there. Give me a couple of things that you've noticed that you try to drive home that you would call like I would call them like grad school, right? Grad school experiences. It's all about the philosophy, but you have the execution. Give me a couple of things that you teach or talk about with the ones that are hitting it out of the park for you in your program on the grad school level, as far as approaches about that? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like I just said about how to look at your audience. So, um, that's one of the first steps we do. And then also going through the program, um, teaching them to keep track of your social media metrics. And so I am a big advocate for, using social media to promote your race team and your sponsors. And um, I've seen a lot of racers do much better job with it, but there's still quite a few out there that need help. So um, I will just continue to preach social media is free marketing. You can't get any better than that. So use it to your advantage, post as much as you can and always post your race results, even when you lose. Cause one thing I noticed racers, racers will post, Hey, I'm going to this track. I'm going to this event. So excited. And then five days later, you still don't hear anything from them. So obviously did not have the turnout you wanted, but you still need to tell your fans. So um, use social media as much as you can stay in touch with your fans. And then, um, kind of along the lines of social media, LinkedIn is where it's at. LinkedIn is where you can build all of the business connections that you need to get sponsors. And so, um, I have a whole class where I spend an hour and a half showing racers how to set up their LinkedIn profile how to post on there, and then how to send messages to companies and find out who the like marketing managers are that work there because LinkedIn has their job title and descriptions. And you can see who's, who's working there, what department they're in, how long they've worked there, all that type of stuff. So if you are not on LinkedIn, you need to get on there. You don't need to post on there all the time. You don't need to use it very consistently, but just once a week, get on there, send a couple messages, and hopefully you'll get a meeting scheduled from there. Wow, that's all great advice. Absolutely. And I know that it was a while back that Cam and I off air had had a conversation. We both saw a post on LinkedIn and there was a, another individual, we'll just, we'll just say a uh, executive of the sport that made a comment 
to the individual and said, this is not Facebook. You need to remove this post and move <laughs> on to social, to Facebook, social media. This is a business network. And I felt horrific for the individual, but at the same time, duh. I mean, you know, I mean, it's called LinkedIn and it talks about business professionals, right? It's in the descriptive side of it. So uh, that's great advice. And it is. I mean, we use it for the show uh, to reach out, to have guests on the show and get in touch with them, the PR departments and so forth. It's very quick and easy to uh, be able to connect when you have something and this, this is going to be my grad school offering as we wrap up, Megan, don't want to take up a lot of your time. Like it's easier to get somebody's attention when you have something to offer versus when you're asking for something. And I have always said that if you have your hand out with something in it for them, it's easier to get their time than it is if your hand is empty. And that is my grad school lesson for you. And now those deep thinkers out there can figure out how far down the rabbit hole I actually am talking about uh, what to bring to the table. But Megan, wrap up for everybody. Tell them how to get in touch with you, where they can see you, pull your advice, get your business, anything and everything in between. Yeah, of course. So um, you can check me out on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. Facebook and Instagram, just look up Megan Meyer Racing. And then um, my website, I provide a blog post every single week. And um, I talk all about social media and marketing and sponsorship help. And so you can check that out. My website is meganmeyer.racing, or you can also go to meganmeyerracing.com and go to the blog post there. And I'm currently in the process of revamping my website and adding in more about the services and products that I offer for racers, teams, tracks, and series. And so um, basically, I help anything that has to do with social media, branding, and marketing. So you can check all that out there. And I will be doing a Black Friday sale. So make sure you go to the website to see that we're going to be doing some big discounts as well as coming out with some new products. So um, I'm excited to get that all finished and published in the next uh, couple of weeks. Well, that is awesome. I know you're out there. Like I said, I appreciate your emails into the inbox. And and now, we're, you know, it is Thursday that we're recording. So I've got to do a throwback Thursday for this segment. I'm not sure, Megan, you being a, a reoccurring guest, if you remember that we used to do your... WTF cards. So it's been about a year since you've been on the show and I'm going to send you out of here with, I need you to give me your WTF person for 2022. Oh my God. For 2022. Okay. Let's see. I got to think about this. I do remember you asking me on the spot and I was not prepared the first time. And so now I'm not going to be prepared again either. Um, but I would say, let me think about this. Um, I don't know exactly who it is at NHRA that handles this, but um, the people that run the sportsman department, there are sometimes my dad and I are just shaking our heads because it feels like we might go one step forward and then two step backwards. So I don't know exactly who it is that I need to throw this out to, but if they could help us out more on the sportsman side of racing and help us with the TV and even just marketing information that we need, because I feel like there's a huge roadblock there when I'm trying to get sponsors and the information is very limited with what we can get, but also how they don't promote us. And so, okay, so I did say on a post last week, so Dallas was the last race that happened. And I thought it was so cool that the the track did all this promotion and, you know, red carpet dinner, disco lights, everything like that. So cool. Like I, I sent him a message because I know the people at Dallas and said, Hey, this is awesome. You're doing a great job. I wish I was there to see it in person. Um, 
But then I noticed there's certain things that they only do for the pros. And it's like, why don't you do this for everybody else out there? And so like you do it for the four classes, but why not the 12 other classes that are competing there? And so that that kind of drives me crazy because I feel like it's not equal sometimes and we're not treated very fairly, even though the sportsman guys are most of NHRA. So I get it. The pro guys are the entertainment. They bring in the big crowds, but um, we need to treat the small guys fair too. I am not getting on a soapbox with you. I'm just going to say uh, I vote yes. Megan, thank you for coming on the show. Enjoy your off season. You are welcome on any time when you've got an announcement. I'll be the breaking news guy. Thank you very much for coming on, Megan. Thank you, Don. And I'll see you at the track next year. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars is brought to you by the great folks at Equalizer Hitches. Do yourself a favor, stop by EqualizerHitch.com. Check out Sway Control if you're out there traveling around the country, whether you got a dirt track, motorcycle, drag race, boat, RV, travel trailer, I don't care what you got. If you've got something hooked behind it, you need a Sway Control hitch product, safety tools, leveling the the website is a plethora of information so stop by see equalizerhitch.com you can always check out use the code drag race and check out save yourself some money go to social media like them follow them comment send them a private message tell them that you heard about them on the racers and rental cars podcast again equalizerhitch.com guys take care be safe